Have we replaced Mark with fuck it, here we go? <laughs> you rebel. <laughs> yeah, you're moving, you're moving house soon. Yeah, hopefully. I'm sure that'll be fun and not entirely stressful. <laughs> well, moving is always stressful. But I'd imagine yeah. it's, it's even worse in, in a place like London. Oh, God. Yeah. Gotta find a man with a van. <laughs> a man with a van who's probably called Dave and probably a very dangerous driver. Just, you know, brings his mate Bob along. <laughs> Just for fun. Dangerous Dave, the man with a van. <laughs> he keeps a baseball bat in his glove compartment. <laughs> which, which is comically large for the purpose of this example. <laughs> so you found the place yet, or...? Um, yeah, go, I've got to arrange a view. Alright, is it, is it in, in a neighbourhood where, where le- less stabbings and muggings happen? <laughs> it's London, I don't know if there is a neighbourhood where less stabbings and muggings occur. <laughs> so not not Westminster then. <laughs> uh, I don't know, you work for the NHS, I don't know how much you, you earn monthly while the rest of us toil in the dirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, uh, to answer your question, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good, uh... I'm sort of happy to be back in Holland, though. Sort of happy. Yeah, you spent a lot of time in France, didn't you? Two fucking weeks. Let me tell you one thing, though. Like, (laughs) the French, they got something figured out. And that thing is not, like, the traffic situation on most roads there. It it is... It is ridiculous. Like, people drive with no no forethought whatsoever and no regard for uh, your safety or, indeed, their own safety or the car's (laughs) safety. It's just... Just, like, <laughs> traffic laws are more suggestions or, <laughs> or guidelines instead of rules. <laughs> I've seen people do, like, like really, really weird stuff. Like, uh, put, put the turning signal on, on the left side, right? And then just go to the right, like, two lanes at, at breakneck <laughs> fucking speed, which means that we have to, you know, hit the brakes and not hit that fucker. But that happens all the, all the time. <laughs> I have a great story about a friend who went to France. All right. And um, pulled over to ask someone for directions, like quite close to the airport. So they told them, you need to get onto the motorway, and then you drive, and then you follow Sortie, and then you go this way, and you follow Sortie. So, and also Sortie is also obviously the French word for exit. Mm-hmm. But this guy doesn't know that. He thinks it's a place and that it's a place that he has to go towards. So he's driving <laughs> along the motorways, endlessly following signs that say sortie, <laughs> thinking he's getting somewhere. It's brilliant. <laughs> oh, the poor guy. He must have been so confused. <laughs> yeah, well, France was good, man. It's it's beautiful out there. I've been to uh, to the south of France, on, along the west coast in in Basque country, they call it, nice. which which is apparently like this very rural place. Um, it, life seems more relaxed there. It's a it's a hot spot for surfers as well, so that culture is there. I have never in my life seen that huge amount of Volkswagen buses like in my life like a stereotypical hippie bus it, it is a thing nice. and they they drive it there by by the boatload that's which awesome. yeah it's pretty cool like we got we got to talking with some people who came over from i think it was like like normandy or something like that and they just took um took a little van they had uh they did not book any accommodation whatsoever instead they just parked on um a, a, like like a, a parking garage very close to the campsite i was on and just camp out there for about two or three weeks. This is condoned by the people who live around that area as well. Like, it's unavoidable. People want to come surf, which means that these long-haired, uh, 60s <laughs> music listening of ca- cannabis reeking people will be coming <laughs> to, you, to a neighborhood people, right? near you. Uh, <laughs> so they just sort of condone it. And 
it, it's pretty cool to see that because it's a little community in and of itself. They even had their own fucking food truck, which was cool. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, there was this other thing. Like, you've got this thing. It's called uh, La Toro Piscine La Botte. And what that is, it's a like southwestern French custom thing. It's like an event that you go to. <laughs> so what you do is you get about 20 of your best mates, right? You put them on a field, like or, or just a pile of sand, really, in, in this case. And there's a, there's a small bath in the middle. Now, to this mix, you add a raging bull. <laughs> um, I wish I was kidding. <laughs> this is literally what happened. So I was going that... I was going to that show at my friends, me and my friends for like, we, we, we saw a clip on YouTube and it looked kind of tame, right? We thought, all right, this is just a thing they do for the tourists, isn't it? So let's just, let's just, you know, put our names down. Let's just do this. Humor them. <laughs> just, you know, when in Rome, whatever. <laughs> but then we saw that, um, that they were doing a, doing a round before we were supposed to do, uh, and do our thing. So we were, were sitting there and just watching this whole thing unfold and this like big door opens. And a really, really big bull comes <laughs> charging out and just running towards that group of just French people there. I've seen people fly that night, man. Holy shit. Like, we, we, we decided after round one, like, yeah, we're not even going to fucking attempt this. Like, <laughs> we, we, we're probably going to die. And it did like. What's the purpose of the bath? <laughs> Fuck knows. <laughs> like every now and then they throw a prize in that thing and people just just jump after it, but the ball jumps after them as well. <laughs> like they start like, like after the first round we thought like this is over, like surely they can't they can't do more. But no, like the same group of people just you know ran back to the arena for round two, which was quite different from round one. Like, <laughs> you, you, you got the, you, you got those things, like, you can put them on, you can inflate them, and you're like a, like a big human ball, right? Yeah. Right, so they did that, put two people in that, um, <laughs> put, put them in two goals on opposite sides of the court, <laughs> and then taught them to, to you know, play fucking football, or soccer, if you're from the US. <laughs> Again, <laughs> with the added bonus, <laughs> Of a raging fucking bull. What the fuck? <laughs> this went on for about two hours, mate. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, they, 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 they took away the big bull. <laughs> and then they, then they turned the arena into this little, like, like NASCAR racetrack thing. <laughs> then they just invited all the kids <laughs> to do like a live bull run, but not with the full size bulls, but with baby ones. A baby one. <laughs> And we thought, like, this can't be fucking legal, can it? But apparently it's a really big thing in that area. And most of the people who were present there that day, both in the audience and in the participants, were actually from the area. So this is something they do, like, twice a week. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that was the closest, like, culture shock I had during my time <laughs> there. But it was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. Wait, so who organizes this? Like, the locals? Or, like, is there some sort of authority behind it i don't know it, it it's a local thing but like it is an actual organized thing as well so you, you you'd imagine that there is a company behind it that, that does the organizing but it it's all very professional very well done there was an actual arena there was a really good sound system there was a whole show around it as well there was a market in front and stuff it, it's ridiculous Speak of the markets, by the way, um, for some reason, the people in that part of France and the north of Spain, which I went to as well, they're quite big on, on 
getting a bunch of peppers and then just stringing <laughs> them up and then hanging them outside of their stalls or on their buildings. <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> but I saw it in several places. I saw it in a couple of places in France and I saw it in a couple of places in Spain. And I saw it at this weird fucking market that we just drove past, which was just regular people and their cars set up as a market stall, essentially, like open the boot of their car up and just hang their wares there. <laughs> and they were doing it there as well with the fucking peppers. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I, I always thought it was garlic. I thought they just did that with garlic. Yeah, that's what I thought, but it was peppers. It was red peppers. <laughs> On every single occasion I've seen people string something up to hang it in front of their stall or, or whatever, it was peppers. <laughs> <laughs> um, outside of that, um, I didn't really do any surfing whatsoever. I, I was planning on doing surfing because I've never done it before, and I thought, you know, when in Rome, essentially, try it. Oh, went in the south of France. Uh, but then we went on to the beach and I saw people surfing and I was like, ah, you know what? I'm I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds comfy today, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I don't know, I'll go for a walk or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, was, it was good overall. I spent a good two weeks there um, in the searing heat in, in some days. Uh, there, there, were, there were a couple of times where I thought I wasn't going to make it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just too, I don't know, North Europe, Northern European for this fucking weather. But I, I oh, did. I thought you meant when there was a ball charging towards you. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, that, it looked like fun, but like fun in a. I'm going to watch it over here, like thirty meters away from where you are, and there's a fence yeah, in between the two of us, and I'm, I'm going to enjoy the shit out of you getting the shit kicked out of you by Paul. That is purely a spectator sport, isn't it? <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> uh, Maturos. <laughs> yep, that was pretty good. <laughs> so have you done something over the summer? or uh, Not really, no. I took a couple of weeks off work and just played video games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a nice segue. All right, let's just start talking about video games. Hello, welcome to the Silly Characters Podcast. <laughs> you were uh, not listening to some, some random thing. We just thought we started recording this before we actually start the show i guess because usually we say a couple of funny things we hope <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah um let's just start talking about video games you played a lot of video games which ones did you what did i play um i decided like i was finally going to clear up my huge backlog that's been sitting there for ages mm -hmm. and so i pretty much did i got rid of most of the stuff that's been installed on four i finally played firewatch it's been waiting for the longest fucking time all right what do you think of it um yeah, I thought it was really good. I I enjoyed it a lot more than I actually expected to enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's not so much of a game as it is you having a conversation with with somebody else. Yeah, yeah. I've I've seen some people describe it as a walking simulator, which I guess I can't fully disagree with that. But there was definitely more going on here than yeah. in your average walking simulator. That's just hiking sim simulator, at the top of it, isn't it? <laughs> You're literally in the firewatch, in charge with walking around the forest to make sure it doesn't fucking burn to the ground. And spoiler alert, it fucking does, despite, <laughs> despite your best efforts. I, I never found that fucking turtle. Uh, it's been quite some time since I last played it, so I'm not entirely the, the, sure. The trailer for like all I remember with the, from the trailer of that game was just him picking up a turtle when everyone lost their minds, and I, <laughs> I didn't I didn't see that turtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what do you think of the voice acting? Oh, brilliant! The writing and the voice acting, 
absolutely spot on. Yeah, it sounds really natural, right? It's very believable. Like, yeah. One of the few occasions where... I guess that's why I guess I didn't mind the fact that there wasn't much going on in terms of gameplay, mm-hmm. was the fact that I really invested in the characters oh, like, straight yeah. away. Yeah, because they make make them really believable, plus you get tugged on your heartstrings before the game has even begun, because you, because you get that little intro at the start that gives you context. Yeah. That's that, that was enough for me to make me care about this character, even though I <laughs> hadn't heard his voice, I don't know what kind of person he is, but they gave him such a, a sympathetic backstory that you, that you immediately start to empathise with him. Yeah, and I like the way that good. plays in. Yeah, what do you think of the ending? Um, I thought... I thought it was interesting. I think there's a couple of bits that don't really make sense about it. Right. Like, I think they build it up too much. I guess we fucking... um, They build it up too much to be like, there's some grand conspiracy going on, and they do things which then later didn't really make sense to me. Like, they want me to believe that this is just a guy who's taken to living out here um, after the tragedy that happened. But then I'm expected to believe that he set up this massive site with these massive fences and like big radio communication towers and it just i was just like what one man did all this <laughs> well you don't like know am i missing something or is that is that what happened like i, I, I could be missing that that something. stuff like it got built up to be something but you know as as happens in real life not everything is what you think it is ultimately the things that stress us out have no real bearing on anything whatsoever and were never really a threat to begin with so i think it's it's kind of along that line but it's not a very satisfying ending to a narrative but it is realistic uh, i think yeah yeah and i think i think the ending was um like the the whole thing with that kid was enough of a part of the dialogue that was going on mm-hmm. to to for that to be the satisfying ending where it's like they were always building to that because that's that was a large part of the dialogue. It wasn't something that just sort of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Oh, um, by the way, can you hear noise in the background or not? No. Uh, n- not like 10 seconds ago either? No. Right. Good, because um, uh, I got an animal in the house now. <laughs> you got no way. Wait, what animal? Uh, it's, a it a <laughs> oh. it's a rabbit. It's a rabbit. You've got... <laughs> But <laughs> <laughs> you wait that whole introductory sequence, and you you glanced over the fact that you have a rabbit. <laughs> I didn't thought it was particularly relevant. <laughs> it wasn't very relevant now, but he was making noise like he like he likes to bite the cage when I when I when I won't let him get out of the cage, which is you know now because I can't really shepherd the fucking thing around my house when I'm trying to record a podcast. <laughs> so I was just uh, wonder- right. wondering if it, if you could hear the noise that he was making. But well, I mean, we're, so. we're here now, so when did you get a rabbit? Um, <laughs> and why did you get a rabbit? Two days ago. Because <laughs> uh, a family member of mine, um, she uh, she had him, but she's hardly ever home. So she asked me, like, do you want him? Like, he's a fantastic pet to have, but we can't really be around him all the time because we've got our business to run and stuff. And you're home most of the time because, you know, work from home and stuff. So... Uh, he's here on a trial period, but <laughs> yes, I'm looking at you. <laughs> he's on probation. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, he definitely is. Like, <laughs> he's really, he's really like a fantastic pet, though. Like, he's really cute. He's very friendly. He'll he'll walk after you when he's out the cage, and you're just doing your own thing around the house, right? <laughs> so that's that's good. Uh, him biting the cage and making a racket things when I'm when I'm not really in the mood to give him all the attention he needs that's that's a downside that goes on the, goes on the cons list <laughs> right <laughs> oh Jesus Christ like we, we used to have a format on this podcast <laughs> and it, then I joined <laughs> yeah you're sort of the beginning of the end <laughs> either way let's get back on video games <laughs> 
Right, so um, Firewatch. Not a very satisfying yet realistic ending, but yeah, it does start some threads. It doesn't really resolve near the end, which can be annoying to people who want some, you know, who want an actual story to resolve in their video yeah. games, but who knows? But you can't that. fault the actual like dialogue and the writing on that side of things. No, so. definitely not. It's probably some of the most natural voice acting I've heard in, in recent years. Just really believable. Like, the, the mm-hmm. characters and the relationship that they build together is... Yeah, I... I could see myself doing that. I could, I could see anybody doing that. So, you know, well done. Mm-hmm. And all that without having to use the word hella about 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to mention that because we spoke about Life is Strange um, a month ago, but I think that episode got lost to, to the void. <laughs> it's not the first one to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Life is Strange. I completed that because last time we spoke about it, I hadn't actually completed it yet. Oh, shit, yeah. But I've completed it now. Okay, and what are your thoughts? I've thoroughly enjoyed the last two episodes. Because mm-hmm. um, I really didn't enjoy the first two episodes, and I think I figured out why. Uh, the entire marketing for that game seemed to have been about the storm. Right, The whole yeah. marketing for that game was, this is a story about a girl who finds she has powers, and there's a big storm that's going to happen. Yeah. When really, the storm is like irrelevant. Oh right? yeah, that's pretty not much. Really yeah. That's like a consequence of the story rather than being the crux of the story. So when I was playing through the first two chapters and they, oh, they were just like throwing all this teenage shit at me, I was like, what the fuck, man? This is supposed to be about a storm. <laughs> um, when I got to the end and I realized that the storm was like, as I say, a consequence of the story rather than being like the main focal point, I enjoyed it a lot. And I think that if they had of, I think if they'd have kept the storm a complete secret, from the advertising, and that would have been something that like just happened throughout the course of the game, and you're like, oh shit, this is really picking up. Mm. Um, I think it would have been a lot more immediately enjoyable. Right. Um, what did you choose? Um, I, I, I don't remember what the, I vaguely remember. I think I just like, what was the choice, right? So you're on the thing by the lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. The the internet has boiled that that choice down to two things. That's Bay B A E before Bay B A Y. I chose Bay B A Y. Yeah, yeah. That that's the choice that they want you to pick anyway. Because if you, if you choose to save Chloe in the end, it's a it's a it's a very unsatisfying ending. Especially when you what compare, happened? well, you you just drive off into the sunset. You, you drive through the wrecked town where all those people you loved and knew—they're <laughs> fucking gone. They're dead. So you and Chloe just drive off to be together on on the road, possibly dodging death for Chloe, like forevermore. <laughs> because of this one thing that that game teaches you is that Chloe's not supposed to survive. Yeah, so that's got to be like that's got to cause even more problems, right? There, there isn't just going to be one storm. If you fuck with the space-time continuum, it's not just going to throw one storm at you and be like, oh, man, you got away from the storm. Mm. That was my fucking trump card. <laughs> like, no, there's going to be some more shit coming for you. Oh, well, yeah. I, even outside of the storm in the game, like, Chloe gets shot, like, it, a, a really, like, inhuman amount of times in that video. Yeah, so yeah, in the end, you do get the feeling like that the game is really trying to tell you like, like she she needs to fucking die. Just choose choose Bay Bay. I'll let you figure out so the spelling. <laughs> so there's a prequel and a sequel coming out, right? Uh, yeah, the prequel, the first episode is out now. It's come out like I think two days ago by the time of recording this. Uh, it's made by different studio. It's um, written by uh, different people as well. Um, f- funnily enough. Uh, the voice actress that does the voice for Chloe, um, yeah. 
she's she's a writer for the prequel, but she's not the voice actor for Chloe because there's some strike going on for the voice actors guild. So she's not allowed to participate <laughs> as a voice actress, but she can write for the characters. So there, there's that. Um, I've been hearing like mixed uh, mixed responses for 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 the prequel thing. Like it's okay, ranging ranging from where to it's fucking fantastic. So I'm 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 gonna try it anyway. What's what have I got to lose, right? Yeah, I think I'll wait to hear your verdict on it. Yeah, well, I'm naturally predisposed to sort of like it anyway because I'm 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 really really in love with with Life is Strange as in the first season. So I might not be I mean, the most you know unbiased source. <laughs> when it I tend to not to really like prequels anyway, and I find that this is a prequel, especially really immediately do anything for me. Hmm, well, it, it seems to re- re- really hang on on you. Uh, liking Chloe or not. So if you like her, you're going to have a good time. If you don't like her, you're going to fucking hate it. Is what <laughs> what I've been giving to understand. Which is a problem because I like the character that Chloe grew into, but the character that she is at the beginning of the game can fuck off. Yeah, but now you you get to see how she became that character. <laughs> <laughs> you start off liking her, but as as the prequel progresses, you start to really fucking hate her. <laughs> Uh, there is a second season coming, though. It's in active development by the original developer. So, good. I hope. It should be interesting. I liked the whole butterfly effect thing that started happening. Yeah. And by butterfly effect, I don't mean the, the theory of butterfly effect. I mean the Ashton Kutcher butterfly effect. <laughs> right. <laughs> I need to rewatch that movie. It's been a long have you, time. Have you ever seen the third one? Have you ever seen Butterfly Effect 3? I didn't even know there was a second one. <laughs> Oh man, the third one's the best. It's about this dude who just he like discovers he has the same power of looking at photos and then being able to travel back into them mm-hmm. or reading documents, whatever it is. And he decides to become like a vigilante hero, right? As you do. And so like he he travels back in time to all these things to stop crimes from happening. And then um like shit starts getting like really weird. And then he gets to the end of the game to the, to the end of the film, sorry, and discovers that it was his sister who was like doing a lot of the crimes. Mm-hmm. And it was because she wanted to fuck him. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and she has the same power as him. So she was traveling back in time, like, before him to fuck shit up. And then he was traveling back in time to fix it. And then she was traveling and she just fuck her brother. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Okay, that franchise goes places. Um, I'm, 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 I'm not sure I'm ready for that. <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, sorry for anyone who hasn't seen that film. Really looking forward to watching it. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> I also played Valiant Hearts: The Great War. Oh, um, the UB Art game, right? Yeah, the World War One game. The dog. Yeah, I uh, don't really have that much to say about it. But it was a really good game. Yeah, it's definitely it's worth playing. Um, I got it months and months ago for free with PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely worth playing. It's a um, nice little puzzle game. Not like it's not too taxing. There's not really any puzzles in the game that are gonna you're gonna have to really think about. Mm-hmm. It's more just like figuring out the sequence of events of stuff mm-hmm, right? rather than actual puzzles. So it's like, okay, I've got to go over here. I've got to get the German guard uniform so I can sneak past this German guard. And then the guy behind him wants a bottle of wine. So I've got to go get the bottle of wine first and then give that to him. Then I can get through. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing like really complicated in there, but the story's nice. And... um it's a it is a beautiful art engine that they've built themselves there. It's um based on 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 true stories, right? Um, I didn't know that. Is it? Um, I I think so. Like I'm not entirely sure now. Wait, I'll Google. Let's let's look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some live fact checking on your podcast. 
<laughs> uh, oh no. Okay, so they stay true to history, but it's not based on specific stories. Right. So there you go. Um, I I played about five minutes of that game when it when it first came out, and it, I didn't really. It didn't really click with me, I, I guess. Maybe it's like the presentation was a bit too lighthearted for the subject matter for me. And yeah, I'm, I'm it, took, totally it took sure. me... It did take me maybe a couple of hours before I was like really into it. Yeah, because um, it's a bit cartoonesque. It is at the beginning. Um, it does sort of change it up at the end. Maybe I'll have to stick with it next time I try it. I mean, I bought it, so mm-hmm. I might as well try it again, right? Yeah, why not? Um, um, I've right. played Resident Evil 7. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's the, that's the newest one, right? Yes, yeah. Okay. It's, I've, like, played it fully from beginning to end, and it's fucking incredible. Okay. It's, I think it's my favourite Resident Evil game so far. Right, so it's, it's a bit refocused, right? Because the last the last couple were more, like, action horror games, and this is more, like, yeah. PT horror? This is, like, indie horror. Indie horror, okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's great. Like, the, the whole... The game's transition from indie horror to like classic resident evil is one that like stretches the entire length of the game and is just perfectly executed Mm -hmm. so it starts out and it's like just classic sort of um outlast or sort of kind of pt i guess a game like that where it's like first person kind of slow paced lots of like spooky shit going on um and then you progress through the game, and it never becomes like Resident Evil 4, 5, or 6 action. It sort of transitions into Resident Evil 1, 2, 3 sort of style. Right. And there's like, becomes lots of like, big, gooey tentacle monsters. <laughs> oh, alright. <laughs> like, you know how every Resident Evil game, you get to that boss, and like, some person injects themselves with something, and then they become just some big Lovecraftian nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you get to mean. see some of that in this game. <laughs> uh, um, what, what about the the antagonist? Because it, it's not some warlord somewhere or, or, or some weird mayor in an Italian town, but it, it's it's a couple of rednecks in, in southern United States, right? Yeah, it is. It's this, just a redneck family who's just crazy. Just absolutely mental. <laughs> okay, and they in, want in you dead. <laughs> and they want you um, dead? So, okay. So you've got like the the father of the family whose name is Jack, um, and he's, he's he will hunt you down. He's kind of sort of like I guess nemesis kind of in Resident Evil Three. Mm-hmm. The the way they sort of you've got this AI that just sort of patrol parts of the house, and you've got to sort of make your way around, and then you have to go into a couple of boss fights. And he's just like a crazy redneck dad who like slaps the shit out of his wife and children <laughs> right. when they step out of line. And then you've got um. The mum, whose name is like Margaret, or I guess it's like Margaret or something like that. Um, and she's like a crazy insect lady who can create insects and shoot insects out of her hands. Sure. And her insects are her babies. And if you fuck up her insects, she'd be very, very angry at you. And then you've got the son, who's like, who's just like classic insane. He's like, in some of the DLC, you see himself some like basically jigsaw type track, uh, traps for people. Okay. And stuff like that. So he's just classic insane. The others are like redneck insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to make the distinction. That's <laughs> not. That's not to imply that all rednecks are insane. <laughs> We're just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I did kind of. I did accidentally kind of paint the image that the traditional redneck man is one who beats his wife and kids. <laughs> Um, I, I just want to say at this point that the remarks made by uh, Mr. Van Lint are his own <laughs> and not representative of the opinion of the entire podcast. 
<laughs> so um, it, it starts out being like more survival horror esque, for lack of a better term. Yeah, for, throughout the entire game, you're going to have like in- um, mm-hmm. so it's always going to be about managing your health packs and your ammo and stuff like that. You, I don't think you ever really. I guess if you play on easy difficulty, you do. But if you play on the later difficulties, you never get to a point where you feel like, oh, I've got plenty of ammo or oh, I've got plenty of health. Mm-hmm. You're you're always sort of just just under prepared. Right. Uh, and is the game like hard in in any way, or is it like more of a? It, it's an easy game to play, but it's just you know intense because of the subject matter. Yeah, pretty pretty much the latter. It's more intense due to the subject matter. You can um, run past a lot of the enemies. The only things you can't really avoid are the boss fights, but they're more about strategy than they are about anything else. You can sort of think your way around the boss fight. Right. Okay. Um, um, the the big guy, the the head of the family, as it were, he, he's like nemesis like in that he can pop up at any time in any place. Or yeah, like he just he sort of like there's a lot of segments where he just roams the halls of the house. Okay. And you you've got to like try to listen out for him and like try to avoid him. And he does shit like he busts through walls <laughs> at one point. <laughs> I know. Screaming, oh yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, okay. Um, yeah, and then the the story the story gets a bit deeper than that later. That would spoil. Mm. Um, and I recommend that everyone. Okay, so is it heavy on the jump scares? Um, in a couple of points, but only in the same way that the classic Resident Evils were. There's a scene, for example, like that. You you know, like the most famous scene in Resident Evil One, where like you're walking down a hallway and three dogs bust through the window into the hallway. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just to scare yeah. the shit out of you. There's a sequence in the game where you're walking down a hallway and three insects bust in through the window. <laughs> so it's <laughs> it's very it's, yeah, it's very classic Resident Evil. Um, there's not like too many jump scares and. It, there's a, like, it's like a mix between Resident Evil jump scares and then the kind of alien isolation thing you have of the people roaming the halls of the house and having to like work your way around them. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't really sound like my kind of game because I am a coward. <laughs> 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 no, seriously, man. Like I, I tried playing Dead Space one and I quit within twenty minutes. And then I tried Dead Space <laughs> two and I quit like within fifteen or something. And I tried the third one. Just gave up after the prologue. I'm I'm just not built for that kind of game, I guess. Like PT yeah, I, is pretty much the reason why I won't be in any room in my house with the lights off. Like fuck that. <laughs> I played it in VR with my scented candle. Oh god. Oh wait, <laughs> wait, you got the scented candle to come with it, right? Yeah, the Resident <laughs> Evil scented candle, 4D scented candle. <laughs> so it, it it does actually smell terrible. Um, not terrible. Just like not. Traditionally pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> so did it enhance the experience? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it did. I'm, oh man, I'm the total mark for these scented candles. I want every game to have scented candles from now on. Yeah, we, did, we, we did Google it like after we recorded the last episode. I think there's like Destiny scented candles as well, like themed Crash after Bandicoot specific... <laughs> scented candles. Yeah, like, cool. It's not like Wampa fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Who asked for that stuff? What? what? People like you, probably, because you bought one of them. Uh, I never knew that I needed it <laughs> until <laughs> until I got it, and I was like, oh, man, I've been missing out. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, uh, have you played anything else? I have, but I'm kind of conscious about how long I've been talking for. All right. <laughs> you, you can have a couple more. All right, okay. So I'm gonna, let me just brush past them. I completed Doom. Right. Um, awesome I game. thought it was very good. Found it got quite repetitive towards the end. Yeah, but... 
That game's awesome, though. That game is awesome. I was sort of like, I was looking for it, and I was like, oh man, I'm totally going to do a second playthrough with the collectibles and stuff. But then by the time I got to the end of the first playthrough, I was like, no, nah, that's that's enough. Yeah, you've that, that's just all. enough Doom. <laughs> uh, did you play any any of the uh, any of the multiplayer? Yes, I did. I think I played more multiplayer than I did single player, probably. <laughs> okay. Is the multiplayer Very any fun. good? I, I heard it's okay, but generic. Yeah, I guess, but I I don't know. Like for me, generic would be like modern day Call of Duty style where this is completely different. This is all about your one defense is your move. Right. So it's more an so arena like, shooter like like the Doom of old or Quake or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. And there's no like there's no like iron sights or any of that shit. It's literally just strafe and gun and it's all very very fast paced. But it's also like my my biggest gripe with all modern like first person shooter multiplayer games is just how quickly everyone dies. Mm-hmm. Like you get two bullets into someone and they die, which also means that someone gets two bullets into you and you die, which means you don't really have a chance to escape from someone after they've got you in their sights and people don't have the opportunity to escape from you when you've got them in their sights. So it's sort of like every kill kind of feels cheap. It doesn't feel like you've really earned it. Mm. Whereas in Doom like You've got to chase someone down to kill them. Mm-hmm. You can't just like get them in your sights and get a good shot and kill them. Like you've got to chase them down. You've got to earn your kill, which mm-hmm. I I love that. I prefer that a hundred of the other games that are out there right now. Lucky for you, there are games now that cater to to that very like old sensibility. I guess because, oh, yeah, because the time of the arena shooters are sort of come and passed. I don't know if people are actually playing the new Quake Champions and the Unreal Tournament, but. It seems like it, it's it's more in the style of Call of Duty and people play. Yeah, but I think I think the fact that Doom, um, especially with the multiplayer, was so popular, might signal to some developers that that's the way that they should be heading. Who knows? All right, uh, brushing past them. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, Doom, uh, Uncharted: The Lost Legacy that came out last week. Oh right, yeah. Is that any good? Yeah. Um, the only thing to really say about that is it's basically. Uncharted 4 DLC. Well, yeah. not really DLC, like a standalone expansion for Uncharted 4. runs on the same engine. Um, it's got a decent play length, and it's it's nice the fact that they've got two female main characters who managed to go like the entire length of the game without talking about their vaginas. Like, it's two female characters, and their entire character trait isn't the fact that they're females. Yeah, yeah. They're not sort of token personas or something. They're just people who happen to be women. Yeah. Yeah, and they do a really good job of it. Well, there you go. That's what you want, right? From from characters in game, at least some uh, yeah. like a, a bit of normalcy. <laughs> yeah, and I find that um, th- there's a really good like bonding of these two characters. Two characters who, at the beginning of the game, are just working, and it sort of progresses, and you actually feel the strengthening of the relationship. Mm. And they find out at the end that the true treasure was free. What was friendship? (laughs) (laughs) But like you, I find that the reason it works so well is because there's just a lot of details in this game, as with like all the other Uncharted games, where it's things that you may look at and sort of be like, "Why is that there?" But it's sort of there just to make the world feel a bit more real. Mm -hmm. Like it's just really silly little stupid things that people might think I'm like overthinking or anything. But like, there's a point where they're looking at something on a table and someone almost knocks a lamp over. And it's just like, yeah, that doesn't add anything in any way, but that would be something that occasionally happens. Like, I don't know. It just, I, <laughs> I don't know why if, like, I thought about it that much, but I was like, huh, someone just like almost did something clumsy in a video game. <laughs> oh, right, that, does, yeah, that doesn't really happen, does it? Like, 
Well, Unless you, it's you like can, a massive set piece. You of little, little details in games like that. Anyway, I remember you being beside yourself with joy when you found out that the decor you left on the ground when you <laughs> when you slid around in Destiny oh, <laughs> made dude. you very Footsteps. happy. Footsteps in games. <laughs> Shit. This game has it too. Like there's mudslides that you go down and you leave like a perfect ass trail <laughs> in the mud. <laughs> so you're not saying game of the year, but... <laughs> <laughs> like visceral oh. realism, not an attack. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> very good. Um, yeah, I'll leave it there. I'll, I'll leave all my Switch talk to next week because I've probably got about an hour of Nintendo Switch talk in me. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I've got only one thing that I want to discuss because you know I'm at the country most of the month. So um, I've been jumping back into Battlefield One, and by now oh, I right. am. I'm convinced that that is the best multiplayer experience I've had in, in any game ever. And it's not because oh, of nice. the players. Like, I, I play this game with the chat turned off completely <laughs> and, and, and hidden completely. You probably can guess why. <laughs> but it's, it's the way that they've designed the maps and how malleable they all are and how visceral it feels when you're actually fighting in them. Because, you know, walls fucking explode. There's dust coming out of the walls everywhere where bullets hit. Uh, sometimes even entire buildings, while you're standing in them, just, you know, explode because a tank has offloaded a shell into it. And, yeah, it's, it is fantastic. It makes you feel like you're playing uh, one of those ridiculously over-the-top action movie sequences in a, in, in, in a in, in like main campaign in a battlefield or a Call of Duty, mm-hmm. but it's all procedural. It's all happening there because other players made it so, and it makes every firefight feel. Well, it, it it's immersive. It's it's incredibly immersive because of how visceral it is and and, and for how detailed all the destruction is. It just makes it you know, great to play and to look at as well. The way a map looks at the end of the game is not what it looked like when you when you started the match, you know? You could see the building blocks of the bad company, but yeah. that was like very, very basic. Where the building had four walls. If you were destroyed, it would just collapse straight down and disappear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, this is like sort of definitely... like the, the natural evolution, or the levolution, as it the were. The levolution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember that? Uh, that was my favourite. That's my favourite. That and Drivatar. <laughs> Um, but yeah, th- th- there is something about that that experience that that makes me forgive the game for for the other flaws it has, of which it has, you know, numerous. Uh, in, in mm. a way that it monet- tries to monetize its content, it, it, it's not it's not very good. And the player counts in other modes other than uh, conquest and front lines. It, it's it's not good. There's not a lot of people playing that game uh, during peak times outside of those two modes. So that's yeah, that, I tend- that's a shame. I tend to find that with a lot of multiplayer games, though, where like just those two modes will be the most popular ones, like either Capture the Flag or like King of the Hill mm. and stuff like that, and then all the other things sort of just die a death. That's a shame because some of the modes in, in Battlefield One are actually quite interesting. You've got one that's called War Pigeons. It's it's like you're playing a deathmatch map with with two teams, right? And you have to locate a pigeon. <laughs> Once you do that, you have to pick up the pigeon and then go somewhere else. So you can write a message. You can attach to the pigeon, so, and, and then you have to send out the pigeon. Hope that it doesn't get shot out of the air by the other. Do you team. get to place the pigeon? No. Oh, you can do that in the main campaign for a bit, but you can't play the actual pigeon in the multiplayer mode. Maybe that's why people aren't playing that. Maybe that's why. <laughs> but that mode is pretty pretty intense, and I like it, but there's hardly any people playing that. And I want to get the season pass as well for all the new content, but 
there's not a lot of people playing the season pass content either. So there's not much of a point in, in shelling out like 45 euro to get yeah. a season pass that nobody is playing. You know, I'll, I'll forgive the game, that sort, that sort of stuff. But it's been a blast every single time I played it. Like frustrating at times, but a blast most of the time. It's just, I, I can recommend it if you can get it on a sale or something or, or get it as part of a, what I did for, uh, as part of uh, Origin Axis. You can, you should really, you know, give it a go. It's a good game. I do. I do want to give the campaign a go as well. So I think I'll. De- I Campaign's pretty, pretty okay as well. It's short. Uh, those war, war stories aren't all they cracked up to be. Or they were cracked up to be, but they're all right, I guess. Multiplayer is way, way better and way more intense. Even though that's a less directed experience than the main <laughs> campaign is. I've always um, loved free for all game modes, but um, I think I'm the only person on the planet who loves free for all game modes. Yeah, I, I think because so. whenever I whenever I get like a new multiplayer game, I'm like dude, let's play free for all, and then I go on there, and there's no one on the servers, yes, which I think is a shame. I just popular. love like ten people with no teams, all just like shooting the fuck out of each other. That's great. Like you gotta watch your back at every second. Oh, let me tell you about a game called Overwatch. Uh, they now have exactly that. They've got oh, team yeah. deathmatch and just regular deathmatch, and yeah, yeah. It, it's Overwatch. There's people playing this shit. Ah, <laughs> so. uh, question: Is there people playing it on console still? Because that's been the one thing that's been holding me back for the last couple of months. Is I know that that game's going to be alive forever on PC, but console gamers mm. have a much shorter attention span. As far as I know, Overwatch is one of the most successful games of of the year, and it seems to be successful on every uh, on every platform. So I don't think it really matters where you get it, as long okay, as you get cool. it. <laughs> get it on pc so we can actually play together maybe if it depends how my if my pc is playing ball on it fair enough um yeah that's all i played uh i, I want to talk about something uh which isn't a very nice thing to talk about because it's you know very controversial and it's a bit shit and it can yes, it concerns suck. shadow of war the microtransactions that were one thing right like i don't mind microtransactions but if you've got an in-game economy with online like competitive leaderboards and then you're introducing microtransactions to a full price game that that just makes me think like all right you fucked with the in-game economy to push people to buy microtransactions even though you know those are randomized and all. Yeah. um I didn't quite like that, but I can sort of forgive the game for that because I just don't grind in games if I don't want to. I don't really care about, you know, the best digital sword or whatever. I just grab the first thing that helps me kill stuff and I I go, (laughs) you know. So I don't really mind that. But the other thing was um, something that they did or that the developers did in memorial to a developer who worked on the game who passed away due to cancer. Um, and because I will not be able to explain this as well as other people, uh, I'm just going to read you the article I found on GamesIndustry.biz by uh, James Batchelor. And here's what he said. Um, Warner Bros. Games has created a new character for the next Middle Earth title to raise money for the family of a former member of the team. Mike Forney, he's called, served as executive producer on Shadow of Mordor, but sadly passed away last year before work on its upcoming sequel could be completed. Now the team has created a DLC character in honor of him. Uh, he's called Forthog Orkslayer, and he has been developed in Foggy's uh, image and will be sold separately after Shadow of War hits shelves. And Warner Brothers Games has promised that 350 from every sale will go to his family, running up to December 31st, 2019. However, it appears that this will only apply to sales made in the US, uh, and it's unclear whether the Orc Slayer will still be available in all territories. We now know that, yes, it's going to be available in other territories, and um, the cut 
that should be going to the family won't be coming from the, uh, won't be coming from the profit in a few uh, a few specific U.S. states as well. So essentially, Warner Brothers is going to make a hefty profit on off of a sob story. Essentially, in in one of the most bullshittest ways I've ever saw. Like it's a it's a blatant cash grab, and they're trying to get away with it by using somebody who died of cancer as justification for this. Feels fucked up. That, that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I don't know if I have much more to say than that. It's pretty shit. Yeah. Like, that's seedy. Uh, it's seediest. Right? Like, how do you justify something something like that? <laughs> I didn't know about I was going to moan about microtransactions, but after hearing that, that's... Yeah. R- ridiculous. So, yeah, um, I'm... I'm... I'm never the kind of person to tell other people like don't buy this game because of X X X reason. Like I'm I'm not here to tell you what to do with your money. But I think I'm going to going going to suggest <laughs> yeah. that you let Shadow of War go for now and just get it on a sale in about a year when it's like a fiver or something. Because mm-hmm. these practices, this is not just inherently anti-consumer. It is. It is just shit. It's it's a fucked up thing to do. Oh yeah. Over the backs of somebody who died fighting a terrible disease. It's that's incredibly. Yeah, and I, I don't I don't see any way how 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 they could spin this. This is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yes. They're still still sending a, probably a really large amount of money to the family and to cancer research, but there's still the other part of the cut, and there's still like the. The exception that they won't be that they won't have to give the money away if it's from a few specific U.S. states or from territories yeah. outside of the U.S. That's yeah. That, that that feels like definitely like someone's intentionally sat there and thought, right, let's do this, and then if we collect, if we do it from these states and then not from these states or overseas, we can collect the money and keep most of it. Well, it's probably got something to do with like like um, legislation. For donating to a charity or something like that, but it's still it, it it feels wrong to profit from this in in any way, shape, or form, especially with the story attached to it now. Yeah, or even just like just be upfront about it. Just come with the announcement. Say it will only be applicable for these areas. Well, they, they have said that, but it's in the fine print, the finest yeah. of fine print. <laughs> nobody that's thing. nobody Shoot. reads that, you know, but buried in the YouTube description for the for the, the trailer they released for it. That stuff nobody will ever read. They should yeah. have been more upfront about it. Definitely, you know, figure out a different way to do this, like at all. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> microtransactions. Yeah, bit annoying, <laughs> but this <laughs> is like like morally, it's not even ambiguous. Just morally, it's wrong. Yeah, so don't. I guess we should like still. Talk about the microtransaction thing. Yep. Um, so it's, because it's loot chests for for, for yeah. the sake of conversation, loot chests for a single player game. Um, and I, a lot of people defend uh, these microtransactions or loot crate things by just saying like it's just cosmetic stuff, right? Yeah, I I, it I am really... I, I am one of those people. If it's cos- cosmetic and it doesn't really impact the way you play your game, that's absolutely fine. But as soon as they're offering like weapons or items with stat changes that give you. Yeah. Uh, an edge over somebody else, or in the case of Shadow of War, give you an edge over other people trying to compete in the same leaderboards as you are. That's wrong. That yeah. not only that, like it's so that what the thing that's in the these loot chests is orcs as well, really? specific orcs, specific personalities of these orcs and stuff like that. Hmm. And it's just like, okay, let's let's face it. With Shadow of Mordor, combat not great. Uh, 
not bad, just very generic. Story, absolutely fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, horrendous. <There's> the, <laughs> the open world, meh, just bland, sort of every other open world game you've ever played. The only thing about that game that stood out, and to it, in its defense, it did fucking stand out a mile above everyone else, was this nemesis. Yeah. Definitely. Which so that that that's like the that's the crux of this game is that nemesis. So if that's the thing that you're giving away in these loot boxes, it's it's not so no it's no longer a case of oh well it's just something that's not going to impact the game. It's like the entire reason anyone is playing these games is now being hid behind a secondary randomized paywall. Yeah, exactly. It's frustrating. Yeah, you know, just just like you, I, I loved um, Shadow of Mordor. It was. I thought it was a fantastic game for the reasons you just mentioned. And I was looking forward to Shadow of War as well, but stuff like like this with the microtransactions, I don't want to support that monetarily, like, at no. all. So I'm, no. I'm not gonna. Cause it, cause it, like, and, it, and it still feel, it feels like you're missing out on something, doesn't it? Like, whenever well, yeah, we are, probably. Because it's probably going to be like a, a bigger, better version of what Shadow of Mordor was, which is exactly what, what, I, what I and many others wanted. But I won't be yeah. able to... to experience that now yeah, but hey the, my, my advice is pick it up pre-owned oh yeah you could because do that because then like this the the uh the publisher isn't really seeing any of that money and they still haven't put a stop to that sort of practice <laughs> you <know? laughs> you're in the clear <laughs> there both legally and morally <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah, yeah that's that's how i that's how i protest against games is to buy them pre-owned <laughs> <That'll teach> him. <laughs> Uh, talking about like like pre-owned stuff, uh, I want to talk about GameStop real quick because apparently oh, uh, <laughs> they've got like forced bundles on their website. So if you if you want to buy specific stuff via their website, you, there there is a big chance that you can only buy a bundled with a different product for the thing that you're trying to buy. So for instance, like you you buy a Switch, but automatically you also have to pay for like a Joy-Con charger or something like that. Why? Oh oh shit, man! There are. This brings me onto a couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So. Obviously, the GameStop equivalent in the UK is Game. Mm-hmm. Um, they've never been known for being the most like customer-friendly company. They're, they're kind of fucks, which led them going into administration at one point. They got saved by a last-minute uh, investor who has managed to keep them afloat. Up, But they're kind of known for being a bunch of fucks. Um, and the thing that you've just mentioned is very much a practice over here as well, because when I went in to get my Switch, um, I was like, have you got the Switch in stock? He was like, yeah. However, we can't we can't just sell you a switch. You've got to buy something with the switch. And I was like, "Wait, like what do you mean?" He was like, "You can just buy anything. Just you just you, we can't sell you a switch on its own." So I got a case with it, which I mean, I guess I would have got a case at some point anyway, but it was just the cheapest thing they had there where I was just like, mm. "Well, I've got to get something otherwise they're not going to fucking sell me this console." Yeah, you you were absent choice in a way. Like the fact that you so, might have picked that that other thing up later down, down the road, that is like immaterial here. It's the fact like you what you want to buy a switch, you have to buy something else to go with it or else they won't give you the fucking switch. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Like it, it, it's different with GameStop. Fortunately, uh, if you go to the store, you can buy the individual products. W- w- but this is only like online. And there is um there is a justification <laughs> here from GameStop. There always is. <laughs> and it says customers have the opportunity to come into our stores and choose the accessories that they would like to bundle with their hardware, or buy online the predetermined bundles we have put together to help make the shopping experience. This is the crux of the issue. More convenient. 
Oh, Customers also have the option of coming into our GameStop sh- stores to purchase non-bundled products. Like one, like the internet exists so that we don't have to get out of our houses and talk to other people to buy our stuff. Like <laughs> that's why the internet is awesome. <laughs> you press a button, the fucking thing arrives the next day, right? You just want to buy stuff. Yeah. But now like it, it's not even the same like, as with game. Like you, you have to buy a bundle, but you can... You can decide for yourself what to bundle it with. It's it's not even that. It's like, yeah, if you want to buy this, you have to choose from these pre-existing bundles that have been pre-bundled with stuff, or else you're shit out of luck. Come to one of our stores. Yeah, you can get off your ass and come to the store and pay more. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you what do you think? Game GameStop? They're actually the same company. Oh, pretty much, especially being as there was another piece of leak that I saw um, about GameStop have introduced a a sort of loyalty program. Right. At the same time, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a couple of months ago at this point, Game in the UK have introduced Game Elite. Mm-hmm. You pay £35 a year and you get 10% more reward points and you get some other shit. You get a birthday reward. On your birthday, you get like £5 worth of reward points and you get more reward points on trade-in hardware and software and all this sort of mm-hmm. Um uh, it's it's kind of a good deal in that um, you you spend £35 a year. If you don't get your £35 worth within that year, they will give you that £35 back in reward points. And that's, that sounds pretty fair. So you're never going to lose out. Yeah. But it's just, I just like, every time I go in there, this arsehole's trying to like fucking give me the hard sell. And I'm just like, I'm already annoyed because he's told me I've got to buy a fucking case with my Switch <laughs> if I want the goddamn thing. And now he's trying to like hard sell. Like, not only that, but I always get the same fucking arsehole who I think is the manager of the store. So I go up with the case I want. He goes out the back, brings out a case that's like, 10 times the price and it's got all these different bells and whistles and I'm just like dude I'm only getting this because it's the only way you're going to release this switch to me like it doesn't mean that much to me I was trying to blatantly like, upsell you something yeah and then huh. he's trying to like sell me this game elite shit like you know you can get you know, you're, you're only going to get £5 worth of reward points here you could get £6 worth of reward points if you just hand over 35 more fucking pounds and I was like can you just fuck off <laughs> Let me buy my shit and get out of here. Like you've got loyalty programs like that uh, at Game Game Mania. They're, they're called. That's the big chain we have in Holland, and I, I, I've enrolled in in this thing as well. But they've never tried to do something like that to me in store. <laughs> it's it's like usually it's the it's just nerds being nerds, isn't it? You, you walk in there, make hardly any eye contact, and leave as soon as possible. And both parties yeah. seem to agree that that is the prudent course of action. So. I'm, I'm glad that like, those values are still uphold in a great country of the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's like, so, all right, so I go up to the counter. First things first, you've got to buy something with that. Second thing, the thing that I've tried to buy isn't good enough. He wants to upsell me. Third thing is Game Elite. Fourth thing is, would you like to protect your discs for a pound each extra? No! Fuck off! Fifth thing, are there any games you'd like to consider pre-ordering today? And it's like... I didn't want a, I didn't expect a kind of Spanish Inquisition. I just want to <laughs> buy a fucking game. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're trying to get you to fork over as much money as humanly possible in as little amount of time as possible. <laughs> but they're going at it in like a very roundabout way. Like it's it's very whingy. Ah, oh, you're buying a game. You know what? What that game would really go well with? More of this <laughs> shit. It's a Minecraft T-shirt. To... You like Minecraft, don't you? Everybody does. <laughs> Oh, and they always try to pretend to be your friend as well. Like, every, like between each one of those questions is like, 
just another random question about like, oh, have you have you played this one yet? Or oh, who'll be playing that? Stop! Right, you're not my friend. You're you're trying to take money from me, (laughs) (laughs) right? So just focus on the transaction and and (laughs) forego any uh, any uh, any informalities or something like that. Let's just do do like a a polite head nod when the transaction's done and our relationship (laughs) is over. Like the moment I walk away from you, (laughs) it's evolving too. Like it's going to get to a point where like I spend an hour at the counter just like fending off questions and fired at me. You're having to right. eat, a, eat a bag of, of verified Doritos or something. Like <laughs> you can't leave the store before you down this mountain, Jim. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, brick and mortar game stores definitely on their way out. Sounds like. Because <laughs> it's, it's not really like a game convenience store when, it, when it's not convenient anymore, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Amazon doesn't ask me all these questions. No, Amazon just wants to know where I live. That's all it needs. <laughs> yeah, every now and again, like once every couple of months, Amazon will go, have you, you know, have you, do you want to take up Prime yet? And I'll go, uh, nah, nah, it's all right. And then it will shut up for a few months. <laughs> Plus they use like drones to do deliveries in some parts of the world, which just makes them the coolest company in my mind. <laughs> Oh, they're opening up a dispatch factory right near my house. Oh, really? Um, which is going to be dope. Like, oh, shit's going to get here so quick, and hopefully they'll start droning my shit to me. That'd be amazing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is starting to sound more like an ad for Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, 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 no relation there. <laughs> um, I think I've discussed everything I, I think we needed to discuss. Uh, there was the, the Switch thing the other day. There was like a big Nintendo presentation of some sort. Oh. I didn't actually watch the presentation. I just got the roundups. It was a Nindy showcase. Right, so. Which is a clever contraction of the word Nintendo and the. Yeah, clever. Um, some pretty good stuff announced, though. They've announced Travis Strikes Back, No More Heroes 3 is going to be coming as a Switch exclusive. Um, it's going to be developed by Grasshopper Studios with Suda51 directing, but also in collaboration with some indie studios. Okay. Um, I don't know the details or how that's going to work or anything like that, but I'm super hyped for this game because the trailer was amazing. Suda51's my favourite video game director. Okay. Um, I'm not familiar with their stuff. Oh, um, Lollipop Chainsaw. Oh right, yeah, I do know. Shadows that. of the Damned, um, yeah, like just crazy. He's 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 insane. <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. Goichi Suda. Yeah. Oh, yes, Killer Goichi Seven. Suda. Yeah, yes, I, I, I know well. this guy. And Killer is dead as well. Ah, yeah. All right, I I do know this dude. So he's working on some exclusives for the Switch. Yes, it's going to be No More Heroes. The, the No More Heroes series is crazy. Like, the first game is about this guy called Travis Touchdown, who is based off of um, Johnny Knoxville. Right. And he's one of the top assassins in the world, and he gets pissed off that he's not the top assassin in the world, so he goes to hunt down the, the other assassins who are above him. <laughs> of course. <laughs> With a laser sword, which he has to, like, basically masturbate to. <laughs> uh, of course this shit's Japanese <laughs> uh, also in the announcement was Steamworld Dig 2 I haven't played any of the Steamworld games but Steamworld um, Dig is I pretty know good. they're very popular yeah, it's, it's quite fun uh, some sort of exclusive Shovel Knight thing uh, Shovel Knight King of Cards don't know what that- there's also going to be some Shovel Knight uh, Amiibos ah. Super Meat Boy Forever as well which I believe was announced about 20 years ago. I think it was originally announced <laughs> for the SNES, so it's nice to see that finally materialise. 
Oh, well, be prepared for, for a lot of broken switches as a direct result of <laughs> playing Super Meat Boy, because that game is hard. Yes, this is a, this is a, I believe this one's like an endless runner. All right. Um, and the story is that Meat Boy and Bandage Girl have now had a child called Nugget, and Nugget has been kidnapped by Dr. Fetus because he won't fucking stop. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, no, some good stuff in there. Um, good announcements. Looking forward to it. All right, so Nintendo's actually uh, seemingly handling the launch of a new console quite well. <laughs> and uh, they've been having success. Although you still have to explain to me why why would you put, like, voice communication in an, in an app for your phone? <laughs> yeah, I, I had to ask Sam for his friend code, and I felt like a fucking idiot. <laughs> Yeah, we live in a time where we figured out this online infrastructure thing quite well. <laughs> Not at Nintendo. <laughs> like, apparently, and uh, th- this is like second-hand info, but apparently there, there is voice control built into Splatoon 2, but it, it's, it only gets activated when you're on, on a LAN with other people and you can only talk with the, uh, of the, with the people on your network and not outside of it. So apparently it was built in, but you still have to use the app until you, you know, you are in a very specific set of circumstances that would allow you to use the built in voice communication, which what? Yeah, it's weird. It's odd. Like the whole chat situation is, is, is a bit <laughs> odd. Like if you, if you, if you get deferred to an external program to play with your friends and to communicate with your friends, you might as well go for Discord, right? Because everybody's got that on their phone now. Why do you need a Nintendo yeah. one? And it's not even as if they've like, I don't know if they have, but it seems like they haven't really released a proprietary system for this because you use your smartphone, don't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's not even as if they've done it like in a clever way to make extra money out of it. It's just incompetence. It's <laughs> <laughs> just thinking, no, we're Nintendo. We are different. <laughs> yeah, different doesn't always mean you're better. I'm, I, I'm glad to see that uh, indies are at least coming to that, um, to to that console. They, uh, it used to be the PS Vita that w- that was a great game, a great game con- console mm. for playing all your indies on. But yeah, you know, nobody got the PS Vita, so the Switch <laughs> it is very good because the the Wii U suffered from a from a lack of third party indie support, and it seems to be rectifying that with the Switch now. So that's pretty good. I like mm-hmm. that. Good to see them not fail. <laughs> Only time will know what they've truly done. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, anything else? No, that's all I got. All right, uh, I think we are done here for today. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, we've not been doing this regularly because oh, <laughs> we're all quite non-committal, as it turns out. <laughs> we're just too busy you know, work or other projects and stuff like that. So um, we, we are still here. We're not going away. We're not here as often as we used to be, but we we're here just it's fine it's fine <laughs> there's no fire or something all right um thank you for listening and we'll see you next time goodbye bye that's a wrap